The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I'm Rufus Griscom, and this is The Next Big Idea. Welcome to week three in our countdown of last year's 22 most popular book bites. These are the most important, the most scintillating books of the year. And at number nine, we have Elizabeth Ricker's Smarter Tomorrow, How 15 Minutes of Neurohacking a Day Can Help You Work Better, Think Faster, and Get More Done. What if I told you that you could upgrade your brain? No, it's not science fiction. It's actual science neurohacking, it's called. And Elizabeth Ricker, who trained at MIT and Harvard before becoming a consultant to various Silicon Valley startups, is leading the way. In her book, she offers up practical, everyday exercises to sharpen your mental skills, supercharge your creativity, and improve your life. Here's Elizabeth. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Ricker, and I'm the author of Smarter Tomorrow, How 15 Minutes of Neurohacking a Day Can Help You Work Better, Think Faster, and Get More Done. A decade ago, I stumbled upon a question. How can a person upgrade their brain? This question had both personal and professional meaning for me. I was a late reader, one of the slowest in my class, and not a big fan of school generally. By sheer chance, I got assigned to a particularly gifted reading tutor. Within short order, she had me not just reading, but loving learning. Reflecting later on how much my brain must have changed during that time working with the tutor, I ended up marveling at the power of the brain. In high school, I started working in my first neuroscience lab, and I ended up studying the brain at MIT for college and then at Harvard for graduate school. As I grew older, I wondered whether the improvement I'd gotten from that amazing tutor could be generalized beyond tutors and beyond reading. I wanted to know, if you don't want to wait or you can't wait for a miracle worker like my reading tutor had been, how might you upgrade your own brain? About 10 years ago, I started pursuing this question in earnest. As I continued to work in labs and research-based startups, I began combing through hundreds of research papers and conducting dozens of interviews with scientists around the world, always in pursuit of that question that had dogged me for so long. In addition, I personally tested out countless apps, devices, wearables, and compounds on myself. I wanted solutions that anyone could use at home in just 15 minutes a day. My book, Smarter Tomorrow, is my best answer to that question that I asked so long ago. Here are five key insights from the book. I hope they inspire you to become a neurohacker too. Insight number one, now is the time to become a neurohacker. First, what is neurohacking? The neuro part refers to our brains. The hacking part refers to finding creative, unconventional ways to improve something. A neurohack can be something simple, like drinking tea instead of coffee because you've discovered that it improves your attention better. Now keep in mind, this is about whether it works for you. Neurohacking is not a one-size-fits-all thing. It's a personal thing. Neurohacks can also be more technology-intensive than tea versus coffee, of course. For instance, one of the tools I use is called neurofeedback. It involves a special headset that reads your brainwaves and plays different sounds depending on whether you're paying attention. Neurohacking combines mainstream neuroscientific research, new consumer technology, and personalized data. 
As a neurohacker, I work closely with my doctor, making sure that my activities don't conflict with her medical recommendations. By sharing my neurohacking data with my doctor, I help her provide me with more personalized care, too. Okay, so now we know what neurohacking is. But why is now the time to start? There are two reasons. The first is that mental performance is increasingly important. The internet has made competition fierce. Businesses don't just compete locally, now they compete globally. As education goes online, students are beginning to face the same. More recently, the pandemic has presented all sorts of personal challenges. Think back to a time when you were less stressed, when you were the smartest, kindest, most productive, most creative version of yourself. Wouldn't it be nice to put your brain back in that state again? The second reason now is the time to become a neurohacker, is that it's finally practical. We have access to technologies today that previous generations only dreamed about. At no earlier time could we use brain imaging technologies to peer into our brains and answer fundamental questions in real time. You don't need access to a neuroscience lab to become a neurohacker, though. In my book, I discuss the kinds of brain health metrics that you can glean from your phone, smartwatch, and even online cognitive tests. If you hate all things digital, you can still apply neurohacking principles and just track your mental performance with pen and paper. Okay, so now is the time to become a neurohacker. But how do we actually do it? Insight number two. Choose research-backed interventions that you can use anywhere in just 15 minutes. So let's break that down. What do we mean by interventions? An intervention is something used to treat an illness or a condition. I use the term to describe a treatment, activity, or compound aimed at improving your mental performance. An example of an intervention could be something simple, like consuming caffeine to improve alertness. Now, let's examine the research-backed part of research-backed intervention. During my research, I focused on interventions with specific types of evidence. Blinded, randomized control trials on healthy human participants provided the gold standard of evidence. If an intervention cleared that bar, it was on its way to being called research-backed. Okay, so what about the could-be-used-anywhere-in-just-15-minutes part? For that, I was looking for practical interventions. Anything that required a prescription, surgery or that was too risky, expensive, or tricky to use at home, got rejected. The interventions I ended up picking ranged from free and simple, like exercise, yoga, and meditation, to lightly gadgety, like video games or neurostimulation. Finally, I identified common health and lifestyle factors that can muck up your mental performance. This is what I call debugging yourself. These include things like poor sleep, nutrition, poor mental health, or even poor air quality. In these cases, the interventions would be things like adopting a new sleep routine, modifying your diet, signing up to work with an online or in-person therapist, or just purchasing an air purifier. Okay, so we've picked a set of research-backed interventions that we could use anywhere in 15 minutes. So we're done, right? Cue the applause. Well, not quite there's this little problem called individual differences. Basically, one person's brain can be quite different from the next person's. 
In fact, recent research has shown that the wiring of our brains is as unique as that of our fingerprints. Thus, what works perfectly for you might not work as well for me. Complicating things further, our brains change over time. So what worked for me last year might not work for me this year. All of this calls for a far more personalized and dynamic approach. Which brings us to our next insight. Insight number three. Personalization is key. Use self-experiments. If we're all different, then how do you know whether something will actually work for you? The answer is that you need to test it on yourself. But that sounds exhausting. And how do you actually do it? It turns out there's a trick that web designers use called A-B testing. They compare how many clicks web page A gets that has, say, a red buy now button versus how many clicks web page B gets, which is identical except that it has a blue buy now button. In neurohacking, we do something similar. We compare how much mental benefit we get from intervention A versus intervention B, keeping everything else as much the same as we can. So for example, imagine comparing the attentional benefits of two different interventions, exercise versus meditation. You would measure how good your focus levels were after 10 minutes of meditation, and you would compare those focus levels to what you got after 10 minutes of exercise. In the book, I describe a specific 12-week program you can follow to make these kinds of comparisons more accurate. The benefit of learning something like A-B testing is that the next time you read about some new activity or some supplement aimed at improving your focus, you now know what you can do to actually figure out whether it works for you. You can run an A-B test. A-B testing is a type of self-experimentation, and it allows for powerful personalization. So... There you have it. We have a method for testing interventions in a highly personalized way. But there's another question. What aspects of mental performance should we actually target? Insight number four, target mental abilities that impact your work, relationships, and personal satisfaction. In the book, I introduce four high impact mental abilities with decades of research behind them. All four are tied to real life success in areas that most people care about, work, relationships, and personal satisfaction. To check that your neurohacking is actually making your life better, I also introduced two scoring systems as kind of a sanity check. Let's talk about the four mental abilities. The first one is something that's hard to ignore once you've seen it. IBM conducted a poll of over 1,500 executives. Those executives identified this mental ability as being even more important to leadership than hard work. What was the ability? If you guessed creativity, you were right. A second mental ability I found predicted school performance and income better than either IQ or socioeconomic status. It's called executive function. Loosely, it has to do with your attention, your ability to solve problems in your head without having to write them down, and your ability to flexibly think about problems from different perspectives. A third ability I identified turned out to be highly tied to satisfaction and relationships of all types. Researchers call it emotional self-regulation. The fourth ability is something that's undeniably important in school, but it's also what builds personal meaning throughout life. It sounds like two things, but researchers sometimes combine them. It is 
learning and memory. Okay. So we've now got four mental abilities to target for our neurohacking, but what if you improve on those mental abilities and you don't actually improve in your life overall? That's where the two personal scoring systems I mentioned earlier come in. The first is your say to do score, how often you actually do what you said you would do. Being able to do this consistently, being a man or a woman of your word, improves your quality of life in a variety of areas. It builds a sense of personal competence and it builds trust in relationships. The second personal score you can use to track to make sure your neurohacking is improving is your life satisfaction. And this is a score that was built on research from positive psychology. It helps you assess how satisfied you are in a variety of domains in life, ranging from your career, to your home, to your health, to your sense of spirituality, to your relationships. It's, it's a bunch of different areas. In the book, I describe how to track your say-to-do score and your life satisfaction score. I also describe how to track and assess yourself on the four mental abilities mentioned before creativity, executive function, emotional self-regulation, and the combined ability of learning and memory. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Some are strong in creativity, weaker in executive function. Maybe their say-to-do score is low, but their life satisfaction score is high. We are all combinations. The great news about these things and about neurohacking is that you get to pick what you want to work on. It's highly personal. And the really good news is that each of these mental abilities that I've mentioned are highly amenable to neurohacking. Okay, so we've got one final insight. This one is very practical. Insight number five, use a neurohacker's lab notebook. Bonus, find a buddy or start a chain. As you begin your neurohacking journey, there are many things to think about. What mental abilities should you target for upgrade? What interventions should you try? How long should you run each of your self-experiments for? My book introduces a sample 12-week program to follow and encourages you to organize everything into a lab notebook. There's another way you can increase your odds of success, though. That's through a buddy system. We humans are very social creatures. While New Year's resolutions are infamous for their failure rates, the people who write out their goals and have check-in partners to hold them accountable actually often end up beating the odds. So do yourself a favor. Keep a lab notebook and find a buddy to join you on your neurohacking adventures. To help grow the movement of neurohackers, you could also start a chain rather than a single buddy where you report to person A and they report back to you. You could instead create a chain. Here, you would report to person A, they report to person B, person B reports to person C, and so on. I hope you enjoyed these five insights. If you're looking for a friendly guidebook to jumpstart your neurohacking journey, one full of stories and science, as well as quizzes and self-experiments to try at home, I hope you'll check out my book. Thank you, Elizabeth. If you want to learn more about Elizabeth's work, visit her website, eRicker.com. That's E-R-I-C-K-E-R.com. There you'll find simple neurohacks, self-experiments, and a bunch of other cool stuff. If you are loving these daily book bites, and I hope you are, you can always find more of them in the next Big Idea app. There is no better way to get smart fast. With book bites, you can read a book in the time it takes to solve today's wordle. In our next episode, is diluting yourself a good thing? 
I'm Rufus Griscom. See you tomorrow.